What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the Morning Dinner Podcast, episode number 92 with Jessica Cobasian. Before we get started, don't forget to like and then comment and then subscribe. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever you use to listen to this podcast because it Please. helps. It helps other people find Please. us. And uh, yeah, it, you know, we need it. <laughs> Jessica Cobasi is a portrait and fashion photographer based out of Detroit, Michigan. And uh, in this podcast, I hope to learn a lot from her, get a little bit of uh, her background and what kind of put her into the world of photography. Um, I got a lot of questions, man. What do you want to find out? How she get started in the YouTube area. Oh, the YouTube area. photography. Yeah. Of course, photography. We are so grateful that Jessica was able to schedule us for some time and join us on this podcast. Without further ado, we present to you episode 92 of the Morning Dinner Podcast. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, in the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. Welcome everybody to the Morning Dinner Podcast. Today we got Jessica Cobasi in the house. And if you guys don't know who she is, we actually did a little bio before we even started filming this little segment here. Mm -hmm. But for people who are tuning in and don't know Jessica, can you explain who you are and what you do? Hi guys, my name is Jessica Cobasi and I am a portrait and fashion photographer and YouTuber based in Detroit. Do you feel that you become a master at your craft at this point? Not even close, but I think that's the fun part about it. You're always learning something new and you're always finding ways to get better. And I think that's that's part of it. I don't want to be a perfect photographer. That's kind of true. Like if you yeah, I guess real. I guess if you ever think you're you're perfect at photography, like there's nowhere else to improve. Right. So, I mean, everybody has kind of sees their work and kind of always wants to improve on it. Um, are, are there any specific photographers that you currently like look up to and admire? Yeah, quite a few. Um, some I can name off the bat. Uh, Lena Tesh is actually someone who've, who I've looked up to. I think her photography is amazing. Mm. She's a, a German fashion photographer and her work is incredible. So she's definitely inspired me. Uh, so, yeah, she's one of those that I look up to. Love her work. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I look it. up to like a bunch of... Uh, like incredible incredible like out of this world where the, the 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 photos almost look like oil paintings like those kind of retouchers oh, yeah even the even though i feel like i'll never be able to do it myself like there's, i just have such a high appreciation for it um and i and i have to ask because looking at your youtube channel you also do a lot of retouching yourself and you from what the photo you take to the photo that you end up like you know exporting as your final image there's a big change um i guess like at what point did you realize like like you need to edit your photos a certain way to make them look more different than the way you captured them? Did you always feel like there was a need to edit the photos versus like I'm sure a lot of people who do like film, they always say like, oh, well, I'm going to capture as it is. And aside from a couple of like, you know, exposure changes, I'm not going to change much. I think for, that's editing is really what inspired me to start photography and, and retouching. That's primarily what I wanted to do. And I like to mm -hmm. own like 100% of the image. I like to like showcase an image and be like, this is my whole piece of work rather than like send it off to retoucher. And I understand why people send their work off to retouchers, but it kind of just takes away from the entire process to, you know, have someone else do half of the work for you. And it's, you know, editing is such like it, it creates such a distinct style for each photographer. So it's like, why wouldn't you want to, work on that for your image and that's the funnest part for me i love to you know color it and you know retouch it make, clean it up make it look cute i understand that some photographers who maybe shoot film or they have a different type of style don't necessarily like to retouch but 
I'm all about retouching and uh, like coloring, making it look like my own style rather than just a raw picture. That's kind of interesting that you said that because like I, I, cause I used to do a lot of filmmaking before and I'm more of a very traditional filmmaker where I don't like to like over color or great or like even so one of the things was when I started seeing people do people do a lot of visual effects and they started calling that filmmaking and I started coming from the from the fact like from the point of view of like well filmmaking is kind of like you know you shoot you edit you tell a story but like vi that's visual effects like visual effects doesn't have to be a part of filmmaking mm -hmm. but I guess the more we the more we go on it they kind of integrate like you almost have to like if you're going to be a filmmaker you kind of have to know how to do some level of visual effects, whether it's, you know, green screening or kind of like, you know, motion tracking or things like that. Um, do you feel like 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 editing, like it, it should be a part of the shooting as well and not not be like two separate things? Because I know like Anna, Anna, was it Annie Leibowitz? I know the photographer Annie Leibowitz, she doesn't yeah. like edit her photos, right? She has like her own retouchers. Like, where do you stand on that? I personally like to edit and retouch my pictures on my own, um, but I understand she's, I mean, she's a super famous photographer, so she probably doesn't even have time to do any of that. You know what I mean? She's probably mm -hmm. out shooting all the time. And, you know, you know, it's interesting because there's like different levels of like what, there's definitely different levels that I see to editing and retouching and photography. So there's some people who are like, no, I'm not going to retouch at all. And it's, it's most natural like this. And they leave it at that. And then there's, you know, on the other side, like the extreme side of photography where it's like, it looks like you said, a fine art painting or a digital painting at that point with so much retouching. And I think it just, it comes down to your preference as a photographer. Mm -hmm. Personally, for me, mm -hmm. you know, when you're first starting out, you got to just figure out like, how much retouching do I want to do? How much editing are my pictures going to have? And for me, I wanted to be kind of in the middle, like, but I can definitely see a trend now, especially on Instagram, where there's super, super, super vibrant, colorful photography. And I mean, personally, like, I, I don't do that type of style, but I can definitely appreciate it. And I like the fact that there's so many different types of styles. I think that with, that's what makes photogra photographers so unique is their editing. And that's what separates you from somebody else. So right. definitely, um, I love to edit and I would say like, that's such a fun part of photography. Like it's kind of like baking a cake and then like adding the frosting and all the little decorations and stuff. Like what are you, that's like the funnest part of it, you know? So that's just the that's way I analogy. see it. Yeah. It's like you, you gotta yeah, decorate you like the your, cake and make it your own. Have your hands on everything. That's dope. Cause that's how I feel about it. I guess it's like the gift and curse for me is because I'm always like, I like to be in everything. But I finally started, I was able to start, for editing video, I kind of like started getting unattracted to it because I was like, this is just so boring. So that's the I only time videos. I had it off. Yeah, I'm like, it's it's just when you're trying to find selects and stuff for the video and you're trying to cut things down, I'm like, oh my God, this is so boring. So that's the only time I usually pass it on now and I have a I have a friend who does it. Yeah, we, we had uh, Gina Joy on the podcast uh, recently and she kind of was the one that opened my eyes to like, oh, wait, hold on. So you, you do weddings, right? Don't, don't you have someone to go through like the 120 gigabytes of footage that you have <laughs> and sift through the best shots? That way, if you want to edit it, you have the shot. You don't have to worry about trimming in and out. And that kind of like opened my mind up to like, oh, wait, you don't have to do everything on your own, you know? I mean, when it comes to photos, I definitely do want to, unless it's something I don't know how to do, and I know somebody else can do it better. Like, you know, just the 
uh, what's it called frequency separation <laughs> like, i feel like like skin cleanup is something that i'm not good at like you can tell i edited the photo when i do like like you know skin retouching because uh, if it's color if it's like exposure things like that i can always like handle on my own but i've never been like super confident in the in, in the skin retouching but anywho i want to i want to kick it back to um your youtube channel you started youtube 2012 13 13 13. Now, I think I started following your journey in 2015. And I want to say it was like a, a video you did where you were showing off like the 50 millimeter 1.8, the nifty 50. I think it was because yeah. that's kind of when I started doing photography and I was like, well, I got to see how you work. You know, what's so special about this nifty 50 everybody's talking about? Um, at, at what point in your YouTube career did you realize like, holy crap, people are watching this and they're watching it a lot? So I would say the the defining moment for my YouTube channel was, it, I believe the first episode of Four Photographers was early 2017. I think it was January 2017. The first episode came out and the first couple of weeks, like it, it was just like whatever. And then I guess like photography, um, art, photography websites started picking it up and then it kept getting shared and then it started getting featured and more. And then the video just went viral and it took off. And I had people texting me like screenshots, like you're trending on Pinterest and you know, like you're everywhere. You're like, I don't know. It, it was it, like, people were sending me articles about it and it was, Damn, was so pretty great. It was so surreal. Like seeing all of that like focus and attention on what I did. And I, I've never had a video that reached like a million views and it was just very surreal. And I think that was, and I had been doing YouTube for what, like four years by then. Um, and not, yeah. it wasn't like anything crazy, but I love to do it. I love to, you know, teach and, and put out the tutorials and stuff. So it's, it's not like I was ever, I wasn't making content to go viral or to, you know, to like be famous or whatever. I was just doing it cause it was fun and I liked it. And I was with my, I was hanging with my friends and making like cute videos. So yeah, that was, that was when I knew like, okay, wow, we got something here. We got something good here. So. I kind of realized that like, you were onto something when I started seeing my friends posting your work and I, and they weren't even into photography. They were just like reaching like, wow, this is so cool. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of when you know you've broken the mold when you get people who are not even in your industry who are sharing it because they think it's so cool. That is yeah, tight. there was a lot of people who came up to me and were like, "We don't even do photography anymore. We love the video." And I'm like, "Well, okay, wow, that's great. <laughs> At least we get people who are non photographers who are appreciating the work that we do and really seeing it in a different perspective than what they usually do." What was the moment that inspired you to do the the four photographers shoot one model concept? Because I don't think I don't think before you that had ever been done. Like that was the first time I had ever seen it. So, uh, you know, what was the point where you realized like, oh, this would be a cool concept? And when you came up with it, did you think it was going to take off the way it did? Um, I definitely had no plans for it to, to do to be as popular as it is today. I mean, if you would have asked me. I don't know. It's just, you never, ex you know what it is on YouTube? The videos that you think that are going to do well, just, they're just like, uh, they're like little flat baby flops, you know? Yeah. And then the videos <laughs> that you never plan for that you put like $10 into a million views, yep. two million views, you know, it's just, yep. it's, it's crazy. And you can't really prepare for it. But you know, what I started to do is I, I like to think of like creative, 
like even beyond for photographers, like think of the creative concepts and, and just think like what what kind of challenges and what kind of fun stuff can we do? Because what, uh, <laughs> what happened? I think you, you cut out. You cut out and you dropped out yeah, right mid right mid sentence. It's all Yo, good. We'll like, edit it. We'll good. We'll oh my god! It just like my whole computer turned off. Do you they have, go to sleep? Do, do, do you guys have CenturyLink out there? Maybe it did go to. Maybe it did go to sleep. Oh my! I think it did go to sleep. Oh my god! That scared me. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> By the way, for people who are tuning in and uh, are not familiar with this podcast, we usually do this podcast in person. But however, we weren't able to do it in person. And internet is a very finic finicky thing sometimes. Yeah, so the technology you know, if the Wi Fi did go out, if the Wi Fi did go out, it's totally like understandable. Like our wife that's the reason we primarily didn't do like Skype interviews yeah. before. Cause we're like, nah, because it's so it's so messed up. Like I pay so much money for like this top tier internet out here and it still cuts out. Internet right? providers are the worst people on earth. What do you guys have out there? Comcast. Oh, of course. Com they like own everything. They own everything. It's tough because, you know, there's only certain, there's like better service providers here. So it's like, kind of like you get stuck with like the lesser of two evils. You know what I mean? So Exactly. That's why that South Park episode is We only is have hilarious. two right out here, right? Like two major ones, yeah. Cox and. No, I think it's just literally Cox. Because the other, see, uh, CenturyLink, CenturyLink is not is good terrible. at all. Like CenturyLink is for people who like want to have basic email. People who want to just pretty go much on, what it is. Yeah, email. <laughs> and then and then Cox Cox Communications has the monopoly on it. But anywho, I'm sorry, we, we didn't mean to cut you off mid no, uh, mid sentence I, there. It was my fault. I'm sorry. I think my computer went to sleep. No, you're, you're good. good. You're good. <laughs> She's so, like, I hate this podcast. <laughs> no, you guys are cool. Okay. <laughs> I know, I know. So I don't even know what I was even saying. Um, um, I think you were talking about the. Uh, you said. Uh, the, the thing that you think will take off is less, oh, less yeah. likely to take off? Yeah, so I learned, you know, through years of YouTube that just expect the unexpected. Things that you don't think are going to do well, do really yeah. well. And things that you really put so much time and energy and money into sometimes, will, like, 10,000 views and that's it, you know? And so that's why I just, I try to do a variety of of challenges and creative things. And you know, back when I was on YouTube doing these videos, there weren't any challenges anymore. Like people weren't doing those like co collaborations with other photographers. So I think that that video was, it was kind of like something, like it was like a, like a refresh moment where it's like, oh, we're doing these challenges again. And then, yeah. And then it kind of just inspired a bunch of people to start doing them. And I think that's amazing. Like, so. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> no, no, so uh, one thing with that is like when you make YouTube videos and you put a lot of time and effort into it, like have you just been able to say like, okay, take the emotion out from posting YouTube videos so you don't get like offended or anything or sad when it doesn't do well compared to like those videos you just do and they, they make like a shit ton of views and you put barely any effort into it. You know, honestly, I... It doesn't like it doesn't really phase me because like sometimes obviously like if I put a lot of work into something and it doesn't like do amazing I'm like oh okay that kind of sucks but I think that's the most like that's the most emotional to give to to it because I know how YouTube works and you know it's a toss up you got to keep trying and I'm not I'm not the person who gives up easily so I'm very resilient I'll keep on trying and I just push for the next video i try to think and you know it kind of motivates me i'm like okay the other one didn't do as well let me try to think of a new idea like what else can work let's try something different so it's kind of like 
it, it is this whole YouTube thing is kind of like one giant challenge for me. It's like what's gonna do well, what's not. I guess we're not gonna find out until we put it out there and put in the it's work. It's like a little so, video game. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I do wedding photography primarily is my main job, so it's not like I have all my eggs in one basket. Um, but right now I am focused a little bit more on YouTube and agency work. So, uh, you know, there's definitely that pressure, but I never let YouTube take over my entire life. It's, it's basically just like a fun side of work for me. And that's why I just, I don't let it consume my emotions that much. Yeah. That's very smart though, especially from a fine, putting personal stuff on there. Yeah. Nice. Wait, uh, sorry, so I cut you off. It, the, the, no, 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 you're good. Uh, so it was, was like, like, was it was like glitching on our end, and I didn't know lag, you were still sorry. talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> this will all get oh, fixed sorry, in the edit. I swear to God, lag. guys, you have a lot of a lot of unique concepts on mm -hmm. your YouTube channel, and I think that's one of the reasons that people are most attracted to your channel is because when they go there, it might be something completely different the next week, you know, like or some new type of challenge that they never heard before. One of my favorite ones was the uh you shooting strangers or yeah that's like my that? favorite one like the one in japan because <laughs> yo i oh, felt God. that awkwardness with you guys i was like i i started getting nervous you know what i mean i was like oh shit and, 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 and on that note on that note has there ever been a challenge that you that you did that you were like ah, didn't work as well as i thought i'm not gonna post it has there ever been a challenge where you're like mm, everybody was like no photo no photo <laughs> or like a video that you were working on that you were just like finally like watching it before it exported and you were like and eh, maybe i won't post this no i usually post mostly everything that i shoot and if i don't post it it's just because i haven't gotten around to editing it and it just and then at that point it's like old so i i mm -hmm. no i don't it like that stuff doesn't factor into whether i post it or not if i'm shooting it and i i work on the concept like a couple weeks before i shoot it so it's like a refined concept at that point or if it's it's literally something last minute mm. even even That's if it's smart. last minute i still try to make it into something and put it up no matter what so um but when you bring up the strangers videos because you know oh gosh like even though at the end of the video like i'm super like excited and happy that we finished it like the the build up to that video is always like dreadful it's like oh like anxiety stress nervousness and it's not <laughs> like the fun like ugh. those are those have to be the toughest ones for me to shoot but as you oh, can wow. see we've done so many of them and i just but even though we've done so many it still doesn't change my feelings on it you know right well i i think it's because of the fact that you mentioned it yourself that it was it gave you anxiety to do a video like that because it put you out of your comfort zone, right? You had to walk up to strangers and talk to them. I think that also adds to why people want to watch it so much because people, a lot of people... Yeah, 90% of people, people can't do that. <laughs> a lot of people in photography are introverts. So for them to see something like that, it's like, oh, you know, like I would like to do something like that, you know? It's the adrenaline rush. It's the adrenaline rush, low-key. Definitely yeah. an adrenaline rush. <laughs> Like I get so nervous when I watch. Like if I'm getting nervous just watching it, you know, you know, <laughs> you know the people do it. <laughs> All right, so you have a lot of different uh, concepts on your channel, and not only concepts for photography, but you also do a lot of like sharing. Like you share about your experience with the crash hard drive, um, or you share about the time there was like a creepy guy stalking your photo shoot. Do you? Is there anything that you've ever shared that you kind of like regret sharing? Uh, um, that's a good question. 
Um, honestly, no, not really. I just sometimes you know when you share your personal experience, you and especially something that like emotionally triggers you and was it was either traumatic, it could be stressful. You know, you're putting that personal experience out there. And it's hard to sometimes get feedback where it's a criticism that you like, you know that you're going to get, but it's like, you really want to hear it, you know, even though you did nothing wrong and mm. you just have to kind of expect sometimes negative feedback on a personal experience that was like, again, traumatizing or stressful that you maybe like aren't ready to hear, you know? And again, it could be, it just could be somebody who just doesn't like you or someone just being overly critical. So but at the end of the day, you know, my stories, people like that I share them. And it's I think it's important to share the non-glamorous side of photography and also share the fact that these things do happen to me. Like, I'm not a perfect person and I go through a lot of struggles and, and things like that. So I think it is important for me to share that because I don't want anyone thinking I have, like, this perfect life and I'm over here traveling and doing all this fun stuff. Because, yeah, while it is fun, you still deal with the negative side of it and... There are times where things get stressful and yeah, I like to just share and, you know, hope it relates to some people and helps people uh, say like, okay, I'm not alone in this. Somebody, Jessica also went through it too. Yeah, that's a, and, and that's also like a pretty big relief for people who are watching your channel because when they see somebody who's, you know, quote unquote, as successful as you are mm -hmm. with, you know, with your photography, with the videos and all that stuff, um, it's good for them to see someone they can actually relate to. Yeah, because it has a human touch to it. It's not like this perfect robotic person who does everything perfect, has the dopest life in the world, is like just I, doing the craziest stuff. Because yeah. we see that, that all the time. You know, people only pose the highlights. And I think it's making a lot more people depressed because they're comparing so much. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh my yeah. God, I want my life to be. But nobody's life is like that. Nobody's. No, and it's I like actually, so fake. Yeah, and I do not like that. I don't like when people perpetuate like a false reality, especially on social media, because, you know, people may see that they may get depressed. Like, okay, my life's not like that. My photography is not taking off like that. And so I like to show the, that other side of photography, mm -hmm. just remind people that you're, you may go through this and, and life isn't perfect. Like I'm not, you know, I struggle with a lot of things. So I just want to share it with people. Yeah. That's my number one thing. Like I try to keep it real and stuff happens to me too and that's okay it's okay uh, so being being involved in the whole creative world of photography and video making and posing to social media uh there's always like this kind of like loop that we go through as creatives right where we're like always creating always posting always engaging do you ever feel like either burnt out or maybe you've hit like a what, what i call creative funks where you kind of like you fall into the stage of like you're burned out. You maybe you don't want to do as much as you're currently doing. You want to take a step back. You know, what I mean? and, and and if you do experience those, how do you deal with them? So I think, yeah, definitely. I one hundred percent have gone through like periods where I don't want to make anything at all. I don't. I'm not feeling inspired. There maybe there's like a set of photos I haven't retouched yet because I'm just not into. It. I'm like, oh, I don't really feel like editing it. Even though I love to edit, for some reason, I'm just not in the mood anymore. And I honestly just give myself time to to move past it but i always remind myself you know i'm not gonna let my all of this work that i've that i've put energy into like go to waste because i'm feeling kind of down for like a, a week or two so i always kind of just try to remind myself you know i've been through like you know i had 
there's like personal issues that I've been through and like, you know, the passing of a like, close family member that I had to deal with last year. And it's just, you know, it's tough to go through that, but also to keep posting and, and doing the shoots and filming and everything while like you're going through something like really sad and it's, it, it gets tough. But at the end of the day for me, um, I, I just try to be as strong as I can and trust me, like been through it, still going through it, like ups and downs, you know, mood swings, all that stuff. So it's, it's, it's tough. It's easier said than done, but it, it's definitely 100% possible. And, you know, photography really makes me happy. I love, and I just remind myself, like, you know, this is what I love to do. And I'm so grateful to be able to do, I'm literally able to do YouTube and travel and do all these things that a lot of people, you know, only wish that they could do. So I'm, I'm, I have to always like try to bring myself back down to earth. Like I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I, I have been given. So I never take that for granted ever. So I always put, I always put in the work. No matter what, always meet the deadline, and but I give myself a break when I need it. Yeah, yeah and 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 we're grateful that you keep on creating because even after, like you said, seven years of creating on YouTube, like I'm still tuning every time you upload a video. Like I got the notification, you know, I'm no, I'm notification squad. <laughs> I, it's always good that you see your favorite creators still creating. Yeah. MVP, MVP over there. <laughs> video. I'm editing this new video soon. It's gonna be up probably this week. I think you'll like it. It's a fun one. Ooh! Damn. All right. Well, hey, wait. Is it is going to be up this week or next week? Hopefully this week. I'm waiting on my pictures from. Wait, let me make. Oh, okay, it's not recording. Okay. So people who are tuning into the podcast and are not watching the video and they're yeah. listening to the audio only, you may have seen a dip in quality there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> we're I'm testing sorry. out a Skype. Uh, we're testing no, out good. the whole Skype setup here, and it's still got a little bugs here and there. So we're having Jessica record backup audio on her end. Just in case, like our video signal dips or whatever, but yeah, um, I wanted to ask you a question, Jessica. If MySpace was still a thing in 2020, what would your page look like, and what song would you have playing right I was now? Say who's who's your top eight be? <laughs> no, I don't want to cause any controversy. <laughs> Top eight? I don't have that many people in my life. No, I'm sure. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. My page would probably be. I don't know. I probably have like really like some funky like a cat wallpaper of like cat faces in the background, and then I'd have like a header from like Nickelodeon's Doug or something like I don't know, just some weird. It'd be like totally weird, cartoony anime stuff. Well, Studio wait, Ghibli. It's anime. Yeah, I love oh, Studio yeah. Ghibli. Yeah, that's my favorite. I was Those gonna say because I, I think I remember you you mentioned something before where you were because I know you're I know you're super into Neopets, right? We're gonna go into that, <laughs> but. I, I I forgot if you ever mentioned I forgot if you ever mentioned that if you had a uh a MySpace page because I know a lot of people who are into like photography they started out with their MySpace page trying to make it look super cool and then they would also do like the coding for the page to make it look a certain way. Oh yeah, that would, that would be me. I'd spend all this time doing the coding and stuff by myself because I was really into that and I knew how to do it back then. You guys asked me what song I would have on there and. I don't know. There's a lot of my favorite songs. I'm looking at my most played. You know, we got a lot, but maybe something from, I don't know, Cage the Elephant. So I love Cage the Elephant or Melanie Martinez because I love her too. So I don't know, maybe something. Manny's like, loves Melanie Martinez. You know, like those annoying people who would put the music thing on their, their MySpace, but they'd hide it so you can't stop the music. 
Oh, I hated that. I was like, I hate y'all so much. Yeah, we threw it back to like 20 years, man. That's crazy. But I do want to dive into the whole uh, uh, Neopets thing, all right? When was the last time you logged in? Didn't it die? Didn't the servers? No. No? I think the website still looks exactly the same. looks exactly the same. That's crazy. So, actually, I think it was maybe a year and a half or two years ago. Actually... My account was like, okay, so what happened on Neopets is somebody like hacked the entire website and they got everybody's account information. And then they basically like they changed everyone's passwords got changed. And also they added in a feature where you have to know the birthday to get into your account. And the thing is, we were so young back then. We didn't, we just all use fake birthdays. Like night. I was born in like 1950 or something. You know what I mean? So I didn't remember what year I put for the birthday. So I couldn't get into that account. And yeah, and I was always like bothered by it because that was like my whole childhood. I'm like, oh, I need to just see my account again, my Neopet. And so I, somebody got in touch with me from Neopets. Like she used to play with me when I was younger. And I kind of like expressed to her like how upset I was over it. And she's like, oh, okay, I can help you get your account back. And I'm like, okay. So she kind of like inspired me to, and she told me exactly what to do, like to contact the Neopets team and everything. And yeah, so it ended up working. Like I kept like posting on their Facebook page. I'm like, I need my account back. And yeah, <laughs> after emails back and forth, they they finally like I had to verify the account. I had to remember from like ten years ago what items I had in my inventory and like what new friends I had on there. So they ended up giving me the account back, and it, it was honestly like the craziest moment ever because it's like I hadn't logged in in so long and I was like looking at stuff that was kind of like it was like a time portal I was looking at stuff that I had back in yeah. when I was like 14 so I think the last time I lo- I log in there occasionally just to see like what's up but last time I logged in was maybe like two weeks ago just for like I literally go on for like two minutes and I just log out just to get that little nostalgia <laughs> You're exactly like- it's like that hit of nostalgia you know <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know maybe i just didn't create a fake birthday but i was able to get into my account recently and i oh. only logged into it specifically for this for this you know podcast episode because i forgot i had one uh and dude i i had all my neopets there they were they were dead like starving and but i had all i had all the brushes and all the accessories i was like damn Mm-hmm. You got a brush? What, what brush so, do you have? Do you have a baby brush? I don't know what they are. I wish like, I knew you guys are talking you, I mean, about. <laughs> so in Neopets, can there's this concept it? where you can like change the color of your yeah, 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 Neopet Neo. with a paintbrush. Yeah. And you can paintbrush. accessorize it and all that stuff. When was Neopets started? Like 2002? Yeah. That's a good question. It was somewhere, somewhere early. Yeah. It was. I was playing like so nerdy games ago. like RuneScape. And Maple Story. Oh my God, my brother's Maple Story. Maple Story. Oh my God. Remember that? <laughs> you guys are making me depressed right now. I can't. <laughs> oh, Nostalgia. Those were the fun times. Fun times. So I kind of want to talk about um, something that I'm sure someone like you has to deal with um, because of your following that has grown so much over the years. Um, ha- like, ha- how do you view negative feedback? Or just, you know, feedback you don't necessarily agree with. Because, like, I get offended when a buddy of mine tells me my stuff sucks. Like, if Chuck tells me something sucks that I do, I get, I get like, depressed. So, like, <laughs> how when you have 100,000 or, sorry, 1.6 million people watching your videos, how do you, like, is there just, like, you just don't read them? Do you read your comments? Like, how, how does that work out? 
I do read the comments. I don't read all of them, but I try to, you know, respond to a couple of them. It, it gets tough. It gets tough because, you, some, you know, no one really wants to read a ne- negative comment about themselves or, or be criticized mm-hmm. for something that they're doing. But at the same time, you're on YouTube. You got to expect it and you got to just be ready for it. And you got to you got to take it. You got to take it. Even if it's with a grain of salt, you know, it's going to be there. You, It's not going to go away. So me being upset at it, it's not going to make things better for me. You know, so yeah, I'll read so many comments about my work. I'm a terrible photographer. You know, I'm the worst of the group. And there's comments about my personality and all that other stuff. And, you know, sometimes I will take feedback like, oh, the audio sucks or, oh, this video is really shaky. You should have. Why did you film it like this? It's terrible. I'll take that feedback and I'll use it to make uh, my next video better. And I do appreciate mm-hmm. like the constructive critiques and everything. So I definitely listen to those comments. I like to hear people's feedback. I think to a degree, it is important to hear what people have to say. Like in one video for four photographers that people were saying, like I was so negative and I was, um, not being very receptive to the challenges and stuff like that. And I was complaining too much. And Although I didn't personally think that I was complaining. I think I was just, that's just how I am. I was like making a joke of it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Could I be more positive and could I improve on that? Absolutely. Mm. So, you know, yeah, I was upset at first because I don't want to be seen as somebody who's constantly complaining and negative and all that. But at the same time, like there's definitely improvements to be made and I'm not perfect. Yeah. Sometimes I do complain. Sometimes I you know, sometimes all I want to do and is just crazy say the negative you stuff. That's just that how it is. Pe- people who are, oh, no, no, froze go out ahead, for go a ahead. second. I thought, you, I know, I, I thought you were you were like done talking because on our computer you froze yeah. out. Uh, but I was gonna say you would think somebody who's watching, you, who watches all of your content, they would already know your personality and how you are. You know, because like I know, like I can be with that that way with Chuck. Where like we'll say things that may like. If somebody who's barely meeting us for the first time, they'll be like, oh, that was awkward because it's the way we are, the way we talk mm-hmm. to each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whether it's like I may, I may I may make like a passive aggressive comment towards him. Yeah. But exactly. he knows it's like a joke. It's like mm-hmm. a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would think somebody who watches your content would know kind of like your personality. And you have a lot of person like when you watch your videos, you know, you can tell like you're you're kind of like goofy and you're kind of quirky and you like to make jokes every mm-hmm. now and then. So people should people should not be like like, you know. Oh, you're, you're being negative. Like, come on, dude. You're making a video. Why would you be negative on a video that you're going to post on your channel? You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And, you know, it, you know, you make a good point because sometimes people don't see the dynamics of a group and they don't know the history of that group and the friendship that okay. you've had with that person. Uh, you know, for instance, they can watch a video of you and your friend and you can be like, you guys can be roasting each other. But at the same time, people will be commenting like, oh, Jessica's so mean to this person. She was bullying them the whole time. It's like, you guys don't know. We literally roast oh each gosh. other all the time. And we just like to have fun. Like, why would I bully somebody on camera? You, and also, I'm so against all of that. Like, there's no way I would ever do that. I would. I hate making people feel uncomfortable. Like, and, you know, I invite my friends on these videos to, like, have fun. Like, I just, I would never want somebody to feel like I'm purposely being mean to them. And so I definitely don't want to make, make it look like that on video, especially, you know what I mean? So that's just one thing. Mm-hmm. People don't know the context of a situation. And so they, you get a lot of judgments, like immediate judgments from people who haven't watched your previous videos and, and don't know the history of your friendship with others. And you just have to accept it. And people are always going to have an opinion on it. As long as you know the truth and your and your close friends are there by your side supporting you and your family is there for you, like, you know, 
I'll get by and I, I got, I get through it. So it's fine with me. One of the things too, that I want to talk about was, uh, you know, when you, when you talk to photographers, there's always like a, a conversation going on, going on around what's the best camera, right? That's the first thing that people who are getting into photography look for. They want to know what's the best camera, what's the best lens, what setting should I be using? Where do you fall on the, like, like the Nikon versus Canon versus Sony versus Fuji debate? I don't think it's so much about the gear as it is how creative you are with it. For me, I started using Canon because all my other favorite photographers were using it. Um, I've never used any other brand really for a photo shoot other than Canon. So it's hard for me to say like, oh yeah, Sony's better or Fuji's better when I haven't really used it. I definitely am interested in branching out and trying new brands just to see what, what is out there. Because when you get used to something, there's, there's always room to do to like do better and, and see what else is possible. And so I just I want to see what else is out there. At the same time, I love my Canon gear. I love the pictures that I take. And so so I'm kind of like I'm, I'm on I'm on the Sony side of things. But sometimes I go like, man, I wish I would have stuck to Canon. And I will only say this because of one thing. Those cameras Color are profile? built like tanks. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> Hold on. But those things are built like tanks. You can pretty much throw in a tank of water. And yeah. they'll be fine, like you know, because and I've seen and I've seen you do shoots primarily, like when you're doing weddings and it starts raining outside, like that thing holds up. Like, I don't worry about what's it. What's that one guy? It's that Asian guy. He did like the test with the seventy, and he burned it. He threw it down like a hell of flights of stairs, and like it was still working. Like, and he burnt <gasps> it. He threw it down like stairs. It's that digital rev guy. Oh, what's yeah. his name? Kai. Yeah, Kai. Kai. Like, yeah. bro, I was, and this fool is like. He like he did all this stuff to it, and at the very end, he picked it up, and it was still taking photos. So I was like, "Oh my god!" Wow. Canon got it down. That's like that. So I respect Canon. It better be less than ninety degrees outside if you shooting Sony. That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> a studio photographer, if you're shooting Sony, man, create that AC, right? <laughs> yeah, you gotta put ice packs all that shit. <laughs> so I have like a, I have, I have a little like Sony A6500, which is like you know the Alpha, the little tiny little cameras and if you're shooting 4k like dude it better be cold outside really yeah the little light will come on and say it's overheating and it, maybe it's something they fixed already we don't no, I, I definitely think it's a size issue as well because oh, when yeah. you're so compact there's too That's much true. heat inside there with canon bodies they're a little bigger and also, i just like it's video I, like, right yeah so that's why mm -hmm. also i'm a photographer we don't i don't think we'd ever run into that issue I, I wonder like, yeah that'd be a good test like bring it out on the field and kind of see how long you can shoot with it compared because i know for sure yeah. video is going to make it you should, do a, you should do a, a you should do a youtube video where you say hey, let's see how long it takes for this sony camera to burn out <laughs> to overheat. <laughs> i don't think they would like that i get like a legal um, like email from a lawyer like you need to take this down can they actually do that I don't, I don't know. know you know like that's that. one thing i get worried about posting certain things on youtube because the last thing i want is someone trying to sue me you know and it's not outlandish in this day and age yeah. have you ever been asked to take down a video because yes. they didn't like it or something wow damn that's awkward so then here's my question <laughs> so then here's my question do, before you do your videos do you ever have people like sign documents that say if you're going to be in this video, like you got to promise not to sue me, like, <laughs> or like ask me to take the video down. So before I was threatened to be sued, um, no, I didn't, but someone 
like either if they're a model or if they're a photographer in the video, obviously they consent to it because they're in the video. You know, they're willing participants in the video. It's very clear. Uh, but after a, a situation happened, I had people sign model releases, but I don't have anyone do that anymore. I just really make it clear, like, you know, you're agreeing to be in this video. You have it in a text message. You have it in an email. And so everything, you just have like digital, a digital footprint of uh, like a, an agreement between you guys of being in this collaboration and a lot of people like 99.99 people never say anything about the video that goes up like i never have any issues it's always like that but there's always going to be that one person that's like well i don't like this or this i don't like this video and just can you take it down and it's just like it gets complicated and so i don't know for me i don't currently have people like for the four photographers or for anything else i don't have people sign anything because as you can see, they willingly be, want to be in the video. So we usually don't have that issue, but it does happen on YouTube. And I don't want to, I don't want to go into yeah. it too deep, but like that, that does remind me of the time that you posted a video where you said, uh, you shot a wedding for like a family friend. Oh, back in the day. And then like, that. that made me sad. Yeah. That triggered me, bro. I was like, I'm watching, I'm watching your face as you tell the story. And I'm like, I feel your pain. Like that would suck. Because you know? I think we've all, as freelancers and stuff, have been in certain situations like that where it's just weird. It was just awkward. And it was just like, yo, I'm not even trying to hurt nobody. I've definitely learned from all of my experiences, and I'm still learning till this day. Like things happen, and you just you try to do things the right way and and be like do things perfectly. But sometimes things don't work out. Things go wrong, and I. I just try to minimize and prevent all of those issues, but sometimes it's literally like inevitable. And I just, yeah, it, it definitely, it happens. It happens. And that, that was tough, you know, because we were family friends and I don't know. It's just, it's like, where did it, what went wrong? You know, like, why is this person mm -hmm. treating me like this? You never want to think people are like this. You want to think everybody's good in the world and they're never going to do this yeah. to you. And they're going to pay you the money that you owe that you are owed. And so, honestly, a lot of the times it's like I can't even believe people would not agree to pay. Like, I could never see myself doing that to somebody else, you know? I can't, yeah, never, yeah, I, I would never heard. say the words like, no, I'm not going to pay you, even though I know you did the work. Like, that just seems so wrong to me. It just seems unbelievable that people even go there and are like, no, I'm just not going to pay you. So, I, I've I had know. a, I've had an artist friend of mine do that to me recently. And, you know, Sorry. after, you know, and this is the reason I'm talking about, like, end of 2019. Uh, and it's, it, and it's trippy to me because this is something that like I had to deal with when I was first starting with video back in like 2012, 2013, yeah, like I get it, like I'm, I'm going to mess up. Maybe I didn't state things clearly, but at this point, you know, I'm pretty, pretty confident in the way that I communicate my point. You know what I mean? Like if I tell mm -hmm. you I'm going to work on you, I'm work on something with you. I am very clear as, as a creative and as a professional to set the expectation I'm going to give you X and Z. You're going to give me Y. And that's, you know, that's, that's going to form the X, Y, Z right there. Um, so it, it's just, it sucks. Like you said, you never expect it, especially from people who are close to you. Like I've known this individual for 10 years, maybe. And, <laughs> but it, you know, it, it, happens, it happens, you know, yeah. Um, just because, just because we wouldn't do it to somebody doesn't mean they won't do it. Cause they probably us. don't truly understand how we feel about our, what we do creatively they probably think it's like you know if you drew a little picture for your cousin or something that's probably what they see it as like oh that's nothing you don't do any you know like those family members who are like you're doing big things and then they're like go to school because i you know i'm half asian so my aunts always be saying that i'm like 
I'm doing so good. And they're like, go to school. <laughs> I'm like, wait, why? You like, need what a real is that going to do yeah. for me? And then they bring up like T-Pain going back to school. I'm like, that's the, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't know that. I was, T-Pain going back to school? Uh, no, the, uh, school? the Black Eyed Peas guy. Sorry. Oh. Uh, Will he, I Am? Will I Am? Well, yeah, I he am, went yeah. back to school for coding and stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do all that. Maybe like boot camps and stuff. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask, because it's something I still I'm trying to fix a lot more. But when you get into a situation where like things start happening, like let's say your camera starts messing up and all that. And even if you built redundancy, like you have a backup camera and everything, like how do you deal with your anxieties and your nervousness and all that? Like, do you have like a way of like breathing or meditation when you're in this crazy situation and it's just all going to poop? So... Uh, recently I was in New York and I was in my hotel room editing like a video um, on my computer, minding my own business. And then the fire alarm goes off randomly. And now the thing is I'm working in Final Cut Pro. I have my hard drive attached to it. I can't, if I just like take the hard drive out and like whatever, I could corrupt the hard drive. That's all my work basically. So I started, okay, I just sat there and at first I didn't even know what was going on. I'm like, what, is there a fire? And I just stood there. I'm like, wait a sec. Like, okay, this is really happening. So I'm like, okay, calm down. What are the immediate things that you need? Because there's a fire and you could burn to death in here. So the first thing I thought of was my hard drive and my computer. And that's all I need. So I had to like, I'm like, okay, just calm down. I just kind of like spoke to myself. I'm like, just calm down. We're ejecting this. I like took out my hard drive. I got my computer. I was literally shaking so bad. I couldn't even like the alarms going off. And like, this is a hotel, like that's in new york like if this is alarm is going off it's like pretty serious and like i've dealt with a fire mm-hmm. before and i feel oh, like wow. I, yeah i've had dealt with a fire before in the middle east actually it was super scary um and i just think of wow. like the first things that i need and so it was again my hard drive and my computer because that everything else can be replaced like to, but let's be real my hard drive it's coming with me no matter what like you know i'm whatever so i put it in my backpack <laughs> i put it in my backpack i was literally shaking couldn't do anything and I was just like, okay, calm down. Like, it's fine. I'm zipping it up. I'm leaving. Like, this is it. I'm not thinking of anything else except those two things. And then I open the door or, and then open the door and the alarm stops. And there's like a security guard running. And I'm like, are we supposed to leave? He's like, somebody pulled it on this floor. And I'm like, oh, it wasn't me. Oh, my I God. I look sus now. I'm like coming out with my backpack and everything, like ready to go. He's like, <laughs> it's like on the same floor. I'm like, so- oh, this looks so bad. So I went into my room. I'm like, okay. So I guess it was nothing. But... I have definitely like I'm the queen of like dramatic situations because I've found myself in a fire, like almost car accident, like a flood. Like I've there's so many things I've experienced and I just I I pause and I just try my best not to freak out because once you freak out and you just start losing it, like you're not, nothing's mm-hmm. going to get done. Like you're yeah, it's over. So I try to just stay calm and not overreact. So I try my i just talk myself like i just think what's happening and what is the solution to the issue we're dealing with yeah it's smart yeah have you ever seen that movie have you ever seen that movie step brothers no 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 there's a scene where like there's like this whole family and they're like singing together in the car they're singing this song and they're all harmonizing and like it goes so beautifully but all of a sudden like during the climax of the song like they're about to hit a truck and the dad goes, whoa, and he steers the car kind of like off the road a little bit. But then they finish the song. And and I, I had a moment like that one time when I was driving with a, a client. <laughs> we were in Tennessee. It was snowing. It was like the worst snow they ever oh. had. 
and and like we like our plane had just landed we just got there i got there with the artist we're driving to one of the artists's like studios and we're like having a good time everybody's energy is like on 10 dude like we're we're hyped and then here comes here comes the turn to go into like the guy's street and the car loses traction and we end up hitting one of those poles <gasps> like those light poles yeah and it and it dented his car pretty bad and i just remember like looking back looking back it was funny it's funny because i'm like yeah that was a hilarious situation when you think about <clears throat> When you think about it, like us being in such a good mood to like all of a sudden, boom, you know, because it's crazy yeah. how fast you can change your, your mindset. Because I because the funniest story for me was my homie fell asleep while driving, <laughs> driving home from Cali. Like that, I, I was like, died. I was so tired. We like we like went to this breakbot concert and we drove home like first thing in the morning. And like I was tired because, like, you know, I was at the bar all night. And then I was like, can you drive? Because he was sleeping the whole time. So I was like, he, he has to be good. But he was driving. Nope. I went to sleep, and then I woke up, and we were drifting at like <gasps> sixty miles per hour on the highway. And this fool's just screaming because <laughs> he fell asleep, and we almost went off the road. And he fucking like swerved. But it was so funny how after. Many people, how many people were in the car? It was four of us. Four of you. It was funny. My brother was puking. My homie was just like, <laughs> like super confused in the back, and then I was just like, I woke up to this. Like I, I woke up to almost dying, and I was like, damn. About okay, to but right never about to sleep again. You never shut your eyes <laughs> yep. after that. Yeah, exactly. But then it's funny, like how you can just like be like, "Oh, okay." You can calm down so much more if you just like, "Okay," like at that happened. Yeah, you, you just need to I mean? focus. But, People just need to focus and mm -hmm. just we all start panicking. Like, you know, actually, um, the fire situation. I was in the Middle East and my cousin's apartment. She she woke us up screaming, "But there's a fire!" Like we had just flew in internationally. It was like twelve hour flight. We went straight to bed. And then my cousin wakes us up at like four in the morning screaming, everyone get out, fire, fire. Like, I didn't know what was going on. It was literally, I had hardly slept. I just had an international flight. And so everybody's screaming and like running out of the apartment. There's like a bunch of girls, like me and my cousins. I'm the only one who's like, the first thing I thought of in the midst of all the chaos was like, okay, what do I need? I went and I grabbed my passport, my American passport. And then I just... I grabbed like a luggage. I'm like, oh, why not? I'm here. Anyways, you know, might as well just grab a couple things. I'm the only person who, who went back in. Who, I didn't go back in, but I'm the only person who came out with yeah. like stuff. Everyone else just like showed up empty handed because they were like in a panic. But I'm like, I just took a second. I'm like, wait, I need my passport because like I just need it. You know? Yeah. I don't want to like getting a passport at the embassy was going to just be a hassle. So yeah, I'm terrible. My ass be sweating so hard. I mean, if you're about to sleep at the wheel, yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm about yeah. too, but she's not talking about forgetting. She's yeah, talking yeah. about forgetting an SD card, bro. No, uh, not dying I, at like, the wheel. Even when, like when little technical issues happen with this podcast, I start sweating. I'm like, oh, oh no, yeah. oh no! You should have seen just, him yeah, yesterday yeah. after our test call. He was freaking out. Yeah, I was so sad. I was like, so mad actually. <laughs> no, the Skype thing wasn't working. I was like, ah. I want to talk about one thing because we're going to get near to wrapping up. Uh, one of one of the last things I want to talk about was like people canceling photo shoots. Is that something that you still have to deal with? Or is that kind of like, you know what? You're Jessica Cobasi now. Nobody cancels on Jessica Cobasi. And, and, and then you do this. How does that go? Oh, gosh. Um, definitely still have people who don't show up uh i had a model who i booked with an agency that i've worked with so often and i'm like friends with the agents and everything 
And she just like he called like it was an 8:30 a.m. shoot, and he calls me at eight o'clock. Leaves a voicemail, basically saying like, "Hey, model hasn't confirmed since last night and this morning. I don't think she's gonna show up. Like, we can get you a replacement." Thank God this guy was able. I don't even know how the hell this the, this the new model who showed up. She showed up on time at 8:30. Uh, it was incredible, Dang. actually. Yeah, she like got out of bed Ooh. like right away. She was like you know, on top of it. And thankfully, because I had a makeup artist, I rented a studio for this. The other model, I'm, I don't know what she was doing, but she probably didn't, was just, didn't want to show up for God knows what reason. Um, but I still get canceled on. There are still many YouTubers and photographers who don't want to work with me, I'm sure, who don't care to, which is fine. And again, it just goes to the fact that like, not everyone's going to like what you do. Not everyone's going to like you as a person. Not everyone's going to enjoy your content or, like, your photography. And you just have to, you know, accept it. I personally like my work, and I know the value that I bring to a photo shoot and to a collaboration. So if someone doesn't want to collab, like, that's fine with me. You know, I'm not I'm not here to beg anybody to be in a collab. Or I want to work with people who want to work with me, basically, who are excited to work with me. And I mm-hmm. love people like that because they truly believe in me, and it makes me work, like, a hundred thousand times better because i'm like wow they really like are so excited to mm-hmm. work with me and i want to give them like the, my best work possible so i i appreciate people but i never chase after people who don't want to be in a video or do a photo shoot with me i'm like okay on to the next there's so many other people who appreciate and will love what you do you just have to find and focus on those people yep surround yourself with good people yeah definitely so uh an- another question that i had was uh I think I, I might have seen it in one of your videos. You mentioned that you used to work at a daycare, if I'm correct. Yeah. Or did I, yeah. Okay. Do you think working with children gave you the patience to work with adults? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think it's easier to work with adults. Well, I can confirm. I've shot some family photos before and it's chaos. Like kids just don't like pictures. Yeah. I've uh, I've had to photograph. Uh, Baby. Huh? The baby. Yeah. So my brother just had a baby, and also my sister oh, has four babies. Or yeah, I'll, I'll let them Sick. know you said. It. <laughs> uh, but being around being around a Mexican family, like there's always a baby. So I've had to do so many cake smashes, so many like you know baby fo- one year old photo shoots or whatever. And I always say like if it's not like my my brother's baby, like I will not photograph children. This is just so difficult. And it's not something that I really want to put myself in. <laughs> so I, I respect I applaud, those photographers. I applaud like 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 so when I was telling my brother like no you should just hire a photographer to do that because like you kind of need like a studio you need like fans you need like the props you know what I mean and then you, we looked up like photographers in our area I'm like oh shoot it's like six hundred to a thousand dollars for like a, a thirty minute one hour session and you have you still have to pay for the for the for the prints. So it gets very pricey, but after having to deal with it myself, I'm like, yep, that's probably what I would charge. <laughs> it's a lot of work and a lot of different photographers go through different things, especially with depending on who they work with. But definitely children, I 100,000% like understand and respect those who, who work with children and newborns, especially it's totally different world of photography totally different than what we do and that's what's so interesting about photography is that again there's so many different styles so many different genres of photography it's it's incredible and you get to you meet these different people every now and then and see what their world is like so i love it and i love it one of the last and actually the last question that i had 
what what does 2020 2021 hold for Jessica Cobasi? What should we be looking out for? Well, you should be looking out for coronavirus because you know I'm not trying to get that. So <laughs> we ain't getting um, that. <laughs> you too resilient. <laughs> I but in all seriousness, other than that, because it is a ser- it's you know affecting travel and and people's health, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, living in Las Vegas, especially we've we've taken a hit like out here in Vegas. Like no one's coming. The hotels are at like one of the lowest percentage bookings. It's trippy. I, I thought it was like when I first heard about it, like in beginning of February, it was like a joke. Yeah, one of those things. But yeah, I work, I actually work, memes. I actually work for, yeah, I actually <laughs> work for a college and I'm hearing rumors of like, oh, we're going to be remote now. You know what I mean? Because they don't want people gathering in larger groups of like 250 or more. And yeah, yeah it's important Watch that out, we guys. do that. Oh, actually, I did, I did have another question, but I'll, I'll let you answer this one first. No, that's okay. Um, so 2020, hmm, lots of collaborations this year, hopefully. And I'm think I think I'm focusing a lot on doing more agency work and seeing what I can, what I can like how far I can take the sponsorships and in classes, workshops, stuff like that. I I really I want to see where I can go with it before I go back to my traditional wedding photography job. So I just yeah, it's. It's kind of like up in the air now. There are some things I definitely want to do. The collaborations, I think. Mm-hmm. Still want to do YouTube videos. Love those. And so I'm just, yeah, I'm doing the brand stuff and seeing where it goes. Awesome. And the last question that I had for you today was TikTok. Where do you <gasps> see it going? Are you going to join the band? Like yeah, the, the wagon? viral. <laughs> you guys, I just so. made two videos. I made two videos, but they're not photography related. I just, I, you guys, every person's like, are you on TikTok? You should make one. Yours would do so well. You're going to blow up on TikTok. I'm like, you guys, please. Like, I struggle to edit all of my own YouTube videos. <laughs> I have to edit all my photography and I, uh, to learn a new platform. I don't know. I don't know. But it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to force myself to do it. Actually, um, one of the models oh, I yeah. worked with, her name is Elizabeth. Isabella Fonti, she actually was like helping me work it because she's like 19 and like hip and cool and stuff. So she's like, <laughs> she's like been helping me. She's like helping, sending me songs like use this song in your TikTok. I'm like, oh no, I know I'm really old. So definitely going to be seeing. That's how you seeing, know we're getting old. <laughs> I know, I know. Definitely yeah. going to be seeing more TikToks from me. And Yay. they're not going to be that good. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know how, what the quality is going to be like, but they might be ratchet, but they're going to be up, you know? So. <laughs> well, I'm I'm 29 years old, and when I found out about TikTok last year, I was just watching videos. But when I started posting, I was like, "How the hell do you use this app?" So I had to ask my 15 year old niece to give me some pointers, and that's how that's I so wild. that's how I know what I know now. That's so crazy. We get we okay. Get wait, nothing. you totally <laughs> just froze. I didn't hear anything. Oh, yeah. So essentially, my niece, that's 15 years old, had to teach me how to use TikTok because I didn't get it. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, That's this so is sad. what it's come to in our life. <laughs> I mean, I remember when we, when I used to be like at the forefront of technology. Now it's like I'm on the back seat. You know what I yeah. mean? How do you use this? I'm in like the trunk, man. okay? <laughs> Dude, I see these 12 year old kids on TikTok trunk. editing fire videos, bro. I'm like, how? Saw- what, what did you use? <laughs> I need, I need you to know? hire them to do the, my TikTok videos. To be honest with you. But yeah, in case in case you forgot, so what you want to do is you want to shoot it on your actual phone camera, right? Yeah. And then what you do, then what you do is you uh, it, like if you, there's a sound or music song song that you want to download, just 
download it, like record a video of nothing, like, you know, put your phone, your hand over your phone, just record a black screen. And then that auto like post it privately so that it, it goes to your camera roll and then use the audio in like Adobe Rush or like Final Cut or whatever you used to oh edit my God, on your phone. So much. I it's know. a little bit of a journey, man. And then when you export <laughs> and then when you, and then when you export, you have to detach the audio or mute the audio so that you can resync it in TikTok. Yeah. I'm going to just stay on YouTube. How about that? <laughs> well, I don't know if you don't use know. Premiere to edit. I don't know if you use Premiere to edit your videos, but I heard Premiere now has like a auto crop adjuster. Yeah, yeah. So it's like so if you nice. do like vertical video and you place your 1920 by 1080 video, it'll auto crop it. Yeah, it's so nice. I love Premiere. Yeah. So it crashes on me all the time. I'll, but I'll look into it more TikTok. Premiere, I've never awesome. used it. You use Final Cut though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. Nice. All right. Well, Jessica, thank you so much thank for taking you. time out of your day to talk to us. We appreciate your time. I'm so happy we're finally able to make it happen. Um, I appreciate for, you guys. Of course. For everybody that's tuning in, we're going to put your information in the description down below. Uh, so everybody is tuning in. Thank you guys for catching us. And we'll catch you guys on the next morning dinner. Later. Every time I come in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. In the goddamn refrigerator. I sure am hungry. That wraps up episode 92 of the Morning Dinner Podcast. If you guys made it all the way through, well, why don't you go ahead and leave a comment down below and let us know how you liked that episode. We have new episodes coming out throughout the entire year of 2020. So please like, comment, and subscribe. And lastly, leave a review on iTunes for us, please. Helps us greatly. It helps people find the podcast. So if you guys want to do us a little favy poo, a little favor, uh, please. It helps the podcast. Please. But anyways, go ahead and make sure you Oops. follow Jessica Cobasi <laughs> on Instagram, Twitter. Check out her YouTube channel. Details I'm pretty below. sure. I'm pretty sure you've heard of Jessica Cobasi. Without further ado, we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Morning Dinner Podcast. Later, y'all.